Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. What do I have for you today? Today, we've got amazing stuff happening in four weeks to quit the stuff that isn't serving you. Amazing epiphanies are coming from human design readings and so much excitement about light leader amplification. You can find all of that at kelseyabbott.com. Now today I'm sharing Alison Pillow with you. Allison is a holistic fitness trainer, nutrition, and energy coach specializing in corrective exercise, metabolic nutrition, and energetic alignment. She helps people feel strong, confident, and calm in their bodies while teaching them practical energy skills like mindfulness, reflection, and affirmations that aid and align them much faster in reaching their goals. She has a BS in exercise science from Georgia State University and is a certified C-H-E-K, that's Corrective Holistic Exercise Kinesiology Practitioner. And she was also a kick-ass gymnast growing up. We hardly talk at all about that stuff. We talk instead about how the recent death of her dad opened her up to all of these intuitive gifts. We talk about her experience with past lives. We go full woo. As usual, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Now remember, you are a miracle. You are incredible. You are so loved. Go forth and be awesome. Allison, I'm so psyched to do this with you today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. All right. So we were, we're, we're going to just jump right into it because I'm not a patient person. And you just told me that you've had a few epiphanies this year and I really, I'm like hungry to know what they are. So please share. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, of course for everybody, 2020 was a pretty challenging year, but it, it also brought about, um, just a deeper understanding of myself and a way of looking at myself um, and my life, uh, like I had not ever before. Um, and you know, it started with my dad passing away in February of 2020. And this is right before, you know, we had started having lockdowns and, and everything started happening, happening there. Um, and so it was pretty stressful. And then I came home from that and let me actually back up a little bit because this is part of you know, the experience I had with my dad passing away was, was uh, part of what has changed my life forever and how I'm like seeing energy now and, and, and how it relates to, um, you know, our bodies and, and what I teach my clients as well. And, and kind of bringing in that, that greater understanding of how to bridge the gap between the physical and the energetic, um, you know, he, he ended up having, he had a hip replacement surgery is what happened. And he, it was a total routine surgery. He was 85. And, uh, so he goes in there, he has the surgery, comes out great. He's eating a bunch of food. He's feeling good. He's having him get up and down afterwards, you know, trying to get him to start walking and everything seems fine. I come back the next day to pick him up. He's like, come back, come early to pick me up. I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll come. And, 
He's like, come at eight o'clock. And I, I was like, okay, I'll get there. You know, it's like about an hour and away. I said, I'll get there as soon as I can. I'll try to get there at eight if I can. And so I walk in at eight 32 and he, and, and all these people are in his room, like, uh, you know, trying to revive his heart. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? And they and they said he had a heart attack two minutes ago. And I had walked in right after that happened. And um, so to make a long story short, I ended up, he was on a ventilator for about three days. And my sister flew in with me and we sat by his bed, you know, looking every, every morning to see if he was going to get up. And finally the doctor said, you know what? Um, you know, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but he, you know, we've been doing all these tests and it looks like he has uh, full brain damage. Uh, I think it's, I can't remember the term for it, but it's basically when you lose enough oxygen to the brain to where it's no longer functioning. It's not even like one spot. It's like the entire brain. So he was totally brain dead, but his body was still, you know, doing the autonomic, you know, things that we thought, oh, we had some hope for a while. And then after she told us that, um, you know, we worked with a palliative care person and they kind of guided us into this, this journey of helping someone, uh, you know, go off into the next phase. Right. So, um, it's kind of, it is kind of interesting because, you know, you, you bring a child, I have two kids, so it's kind of a similar energy of bringing somebody into the world, then you're helping them leave this earth plane. Um, and it sounds like, it sounds like it's very sad, but it's, it's an, it's very traumatic and stressful for sure. But it was also an honor to be able to do that actually. So we got to sit by his bed and we, you know, we, uh, Removed the they removed the ventilator. The palliative care people made it more comfortable for him, and they said, "Well, it may take. You know, we don't know how long this is going to take. It might take an hour. It may take, you know, who knows? Sometimes it takes longer than other you know time, and I suppose some people take longer than others. And he ended up taking about fifteen minutes before he needed to go. Um." And during this process, even before, like we had gotten to that point, um, I had been, I'd gotten a huge message from him. Like I was, he was like, I want to, I want to go, I want to go. I was thinking to myself, am I hearing this right? Or am I making this up in my head? You know, like what's going on here and come to come to realize that, you know, it was time for him. He was tired of being in that body and he really needed to go, you know, and he was like excited about it. And for whatever reason, that just made me feel like, like a little bit more at peace with it because I was like, well, he's, he's ready, you know? And so I got to help him with that process and, and help him, uh, basically, you know, basically die, you know, help him through the death process, which was in a way, um, it was very sacred and, uh, just really stuck with me through the rest of the year. I was like, wow, this is you know, of course I was really sad about my dad passing away and, and, and definitely went, had to go through all the stages of grief and all that. But at the same time, it felt very peaceful because I had a feeling that I knew where he was going and, and where he was and he was okay, you know? So, um, the reason I'm saying this and sharing this story is that it started to, I started to realize how much 
we really discount messages that we get sometimes on the, on the etheric plane, you know, on, in the energetic realm. Um, we don't realize that a lot of messages that we get, um, and everybody's different, you know, as you know, with, with human design, you know, everybody has different ways of receiving information. And at that point I was like, oh, okay. And I had been working on this with a coach for some time as far as like really honing into my own intuition and really getting clear on how I worked with that. Um, but this just kind of sealed the deal. It was like, yep, this is how you receive information. You know, it's okay. And so ever since that point, I started having these like vivid dreams, like of, you know, going into these different dimensions of reality, seeing my dad actually just saw him last night again. And so, you know, I'm realizing, okay, I can step into these alternate realities without drugs, you know, like mm -hmm. this is something I can do. I was like, wow, this is really incredible. Um, and so, you know, so that really just, that changed the course of my life because I was like, there's so much more out there. Um, why am I holding back so much in my life? Why am I inhibiting my gifts and not sharing this with people, you know, why can't, how can I inspire other people to, um, to connect with those gifts within themselves and start learning how to listen to their energetic self as much as they do their physical, you know, and bringing those together. Um, because again, it's like, um, you know, it, it's different for everybody. Right. So that led me to, um, later down the road, get these messages about writing this book. So, uh, after my dad passed away, I just started getting these strong vibes about let's write this book, you know, let's, and I was like, how am I going to write a book? I've thought about it before, but I've never really actually understood how I would do it. I was like, do I really have that much to say, you know? And finally I was, I was like, okay, well, I, I read this book prior to my dad passing away. Like almost like right before called the artist's way. Have you read that book? I don't <laughs> think I've read it, but I've heard a lot about it. Oh my God. It's, it's great. You can, you can have it where you have a group of people doing it together. It's a, it's an amazing book. And it just really taught me how to bridge the athlete and the artist, you know? And so I started to begin that process because I, I know your audience doesn't know my background, but I was a gymnast for 20 years. I've been an, an athlete for years and kind of put my artists aside for, for the athletic parts of myself and, and, um, really in a way, just, just put my creative self on the back burner. And I, you know, and finally it just wasn't working for me anymore to do that. And I realized that, um, I started to realize that before I went through this whole thing with my dad. And so, um, you know, I'd had that, had re, uh, read that book and I was like, well, why don't I just, and one of the prompts in there is to write morning pages is what she calls it. And so I said, why don't I just start, you know, it's let's start with some doable steps, some small steps. I said, I'll just write 15 minutes every morning, whatever comes to mind. And um, I started doing that and, and something told me that, you know, just start doing this. It'll come to you. It'll come real easy. Just write whatever you, whatever comes up um, and just see how that feels. And I started doing that. And so the 15 minutes 
it grew into 30 minutes and then eventually an hour. And then, and I couldn't stop writing every morning after that until I finished this book. Are you done with the book? I'm done with the book and I have a full book <laughs> and it's, it, it's like everything I ever knew basically in my 20 years of experience as a, as a fitness coach and nutrition coach and, and beyond like really how I've been bridging the physical and the energetic and myself went into this book and, and some of my personal stories as well. But what was so fascinating about the whole process is that I was really able to, uh, rewrite some of my own stories or even just get them out on paper and, and heal those parts of myself. As I was writing the book, it was really incredible. It's, it's so wild. Like the power of writing your story on paper is, is there's nothing like it. And when you're, and it's like, when you can get it out of your body, get it out of your head, it just becomes so much more um, powerful because it's not in you anymore, right? You're, you're, you're putting those stories out. So I had been holding all these stories in my body for so long, you know, and it was, it was stressful. It was hard. I was proving and defending constantly these ideas. And really until you start playing around with these ideas and perspectives, um, it, it's really there's no reason. I mean, you're going to be proving and defending all day long because you haven't really tested those out. You haven't really, you know, written them out and seen, seen them for what they are. So this is what I was experiencing. And, um, you know, not to mention just the, the door that opened into the, the other realms out there that, that I was, I was experiencing like I hadn't ever before. So, um, so it was, it was quite, quite an experience to, to be able to, to write a book and something that I never thought I would be able to do. Um, I have a theory yeah, (laughs) and it is just a theory, Go ahead. but I happen to have your human design chart here and you have a defined crown and Ajna and an open throat. And I, my theory is that I don't know if it's the crown or the Ajna or both of them together, but people with a defined crown and Ajna, we're just going to say, um and open throat that means you're not here to like preach like vocally your opinions or anything but like it's like you don't know what you think until you write it out that's exactly true (laughs) whereas for me yeah i have an open crown open ajna defined throat um i'm i burnt out on journaling when i was i did an outward bound course oh, yeah. uh, after freshman year of college and we did a 36 hour solo and I wrote through the whole thing. I briefly wrote when I was studying abroad again in Italy and that was it. Like I cannot stand journaling. I have, for me, writing is so much slow. Like I've already processed it in my head. So I'm just like writing notes essentially. And it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's annoying. It's frustrating to me because it's so slow. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're all different, right? Mm-hmm. That's exa- a great example of that. That's a great way to demonstrate it for sure. So do you think your dad wanted you to write this book? I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, yeah, because I just got this. I don't know. It was just like a download after he passed away. And we, I was it was actually at his funeral. We didn't really have a funeral until about he, he got cremated Um he said he made a, I don't know. It was really funny because like we had my sister and I kept finding these things all over his house. Like 
I mean, he did. He wasn't a, he wasn't a messy person, but his desk was messy. Like he had all these little pieces of paper with th- little things written on them. Like it was just like, you know, as we were trying to cite, uh, you know, decipher through everything and, 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 and organize it. And we're like, he doesn't have anything in his will that says he wants to be cremated or buried. We're not sure what to do. And we're looking through all these little papers and on this paper, just randomly, we pick up this paper and it has this joke on it. It says, um, my only hope for a smoking hot body is to be cremated. (laughs) That is such an amazing way to like give your, share your desire. I know. I was like, and we both looked at each other and just laughed so hard. We're like, oh my God, he's still making jokes, still making dad jokes. So yeah, so we, and so we, of course, like at, at later on, we then found something that did say he wanted to be cremated, but that was really funny that we found the first clue to that, that day. And we were like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what he wants. <laughs> so we had, we had his, his, um, we just had a small little funeral with just our family six months later and we put his ashes in the ocean. Cause then we found out he wanted that too. And <laughs> yeah, as I was right before we were supposed to do that, I just had this download, like write this book and, you know, all this information came flooding through for me to write. And it just kept coming, you know, until I knew it was finished. And then one day I was like, okay, it's done. And so, um, so I signed a contract just recently to publish it. So it should be out in about six months or so. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's really exciting. It's a, like, like two years ago, did you have any idea you were going to write a book? No, I, and I, you know, it's always been one of those things where I have had, you know, this fantasy of being an author and like being able to write a book and those kinds of things and just didn't ever know really how I would do it. But then I just learned the skill to do it, you know, mm-hmm. just learned it. And then you, of course, you have to get people who are going to help you with that process. Like I hired somebody, I hired a coach to help me. She coached me through it um, and helped me format it and edit it. And then they're going to edit it again. Like, you you know, so you go through, you just learn the process like you do anything else. And that's what I teach people in my, in fitness and in nutrition too. It's just we think that we're supposed to know how to do all this stuff already, but the reality of it is you don't know what you don't know until you learn it. Right. So it's okay. It's okay to hire somebody to help you learn a new skill. So it's having that humility, you know, the first to say, Hey, I don't know everything. I might need some help. Yeah. That reminds me of one of my big epiphanies recently, which was, to ask for help, even when it's something that you can do all by yourself. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice thing to do for yourself. I think Yeah, Yeah. I, so I recently, I started working with a copywriter and I, as a result of bouncing things off back and forth with her, like I have a writing background. I was a professional writer for a while. I can do all the writing on my webpage, but writing a sales page was like my least favorite thing ever. Yeah, and I agree with so, that. 100%. Yeah. So being able to like, be like, here, this is what I got and send it over to her. Holy cow. It, the 
the pages that have resulted feel so authentic. They light me up so much that that's I just want right. to show them to everybody. And that's what comes from like asking for help when it's something like there's, you know, there's that like two-year-old in me that's like, I can do it all by myself. Yeah. Well, and, and isn't it a big lesson in life to learn how to receive? I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons, I think. Yeah. I know I've had to learn that. And it's, you have to practice. So with, like mm-hmm. with anything, you just have to practice receiving. Like I used to be the person who would be like, oh, I don't need, I don't need anything from anybody. I can do it all myself. You know, I'd, someone would say, oh, let me pay for lunch. No, 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 no. Don't, why don't do that. But now it's like, if someone wants to give me something, I'll gladly receive it because you're also giving them a gift. Mm-hmm. And so that's the practice, right? And and again, it, it's like that with our bodies too. We're receiving love or receiving, um, <clears throat> you know, whatever, you know, healthy thing we're putting in our bodies. It, it That is the practice. And it all starts with your perception of how you receive the goodness in life, right? How do you, re- and, and you know, it's it's a balance, you know, because- you can get out of balance with that too. But more times than not, I've noticed people have a harder time receiving than giving. Yeah. And I found that there's different levels to receiving. Like, of course there's, I give somebody a compliment and they can say, thank you, which yeah. some is a big deal if they do actually say thank you. Cause people are horrible about receiving compliments, but then there's the also like the act of the words that's coming to me is drinking it in like of really, yes. really embodying it and receiving it with all of your, with all of yourself, just like letting it land in your body and saying really, truly th- the word thank you doesn't even fit anymore, but saying right. thank you and drinking it in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, because you're taking <clears throat> to some extent that person's appreciation, you're receiving it, you know, and, and it's, it's that feminine part, you know, it's, mm-hmm it's that feeling part. And, and I think that is, you know, what brings us into the next level of anything, even from a spiritual perspective or an energetic perspective. Um, you know, that's what, that's what I experienced in my last trip. Like we, you and I were talking about Florida. I remember being at the beach and just looking at how the waves were rolling in and remembering instantly being a child, like loving that, you know, and just playing there in the ocean and, and all the feels that I had and, and passions and excitement I had about life at that age, you know? And it's like, that's, that's something I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this in. I'm going to remember how that felt because I can feel that way now, you know? Yes. So that's kind of, it's like when these feelings come up, like, like you said, it, it's something to be, um, you know, cherished and, and it's part of you nurturing yourself there, like giving yourself that joy, that bliss, that is a spiritual experience too. Mm-hmm. So I want to back up. so now yeah. that you know that you <laughs> can communicate with people who have transitioned or that you can channel or that you're getting downloads or however you want to say it. What are you doing differently in your, in your life other than writing a book? Well, um, I think it's really, you know, caused me to take a step back and, and reassess really what matters and what I really want to be doing and who I want to be saying yes to and, or what I want to be saying yes to, you know, and, um, 
and I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm still reassessing things in my life right now and how I want to move forward and really being truthful about how I want to be living my life. Um, because, well, I, I think part of it too, is what I offer, what I bring to the table, you know, I've been able to hone into that a lot more too, and realize that it's always been there. I just haven't been as aware of it as I, you know, in the past. And I was probably more aware of it when I was a child than I have been as an adult. I kind of left a lot of it by the wayside when I <clears throat> felt like I needed to fit in, belong, you know, um, and be loved and, and those kinds of things. So, um, coming back to parts of myself, I feel like allows me to understand myself better. And I liked what that your guest, Amy White talked about the relationship with yourself. Uh, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful way to put it because that's what we're doing. We we're under, we're working to understand ourselves better to have a better relationship with ourselves because I don't think that you can really have a good relationship uh, or, or maybe good is not the right word, but you know, a great relationship with someone, unless you have a good relationship with yourself first. And everybody says, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But do we actually implement that? Do we actually practice it? How do we do that? You know, a lot of people, understandably, we don't know because we haven't really been taught. So, um, I think for me, it's, it's really, this whole experience has given me a bigger picture into parts of myself that or have always been there and that, that I can always, you know, they're going to be there no, no matter what, you know? Um, and that I don't need to do gymnastics, you know, for people bend over backwards, um, to, to be enough to fit in, to do all these things because I'm already that, you know? Um, and for me, it's just the energy that I bring to the table at this point is, is enough. Like that's what I'm doing, you know, and that's, and it's, it's fun for me, you know, like if I'm not, I, I realize too, at this point in my life, if I'm not having fun and it's not ins inspiring to me, the experiences that I'm having, then I'm not going to do it, you know? And that's, it's, that's what I teach my clients. It's like, how do you make this fun? Like, how do you find your purpose in fitness? Right. Yes. And so bringing that attitude into the mix, that perspective is really about a perspective change. And like you and I were talking earlier about sometimes people are kind of stuck in these old ways of thinking, you know, um, about our bodies, how we're going to, you know, eat and drink all this stuff and then burn it off the next day. You know, is that fun? It could be fun for a while, I guess, but then eventually it's not sustainable. You're going to beat yourself up. You're going to criticize. Like that's a, you know, that's a way you can go about it. You go about it criticizing yourself, beating yourself up, but eventually that's going to get really tiring and you're not going to stick with the program. It's going to be, it's, it's not going to be fun. So just like when we were kids, we do really well with praise and you have to learn how to do that for yourself, right? So giving yourself praise is, is a huge step in that direction of starting to, um, treat yourself better, your inner dialogue, you know, those kinds of things. And, and so, um, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went off on a tangent. I don't know what my question <laughs> was. It doesn't matter, <laughs> but, but to answer your question, I've really been 
I, I think you asked basically how it's changed for me. And I, I, I think that I've changed a lot of how I talk to myself. I've really been paying attention to that, especially, um, and, you know, based the basic relationship with myself, like would I treat myself, you know, how it's basically, I'm going to treat myself with the respect that I would my child or my husband or my friend, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right? So what, like, let's, let's take a dive into Allison's brain for a second. How okay. do you praise yourself? What does that look like for you? Oh, you know, like, for example, I told you that I had signed a contract with a book and I just, you know, you know, way to go, Allison. Great job. You did it. You know, it's, it's, it's really small things, but it's, it's really just acknowledging your accomplishments, Yeah, you know, I like myself high fives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's great. You pat yourself on the back, give yourself a big hug, <laughs> yeah. you know, have a glass of champagne, you know, but, um, I think that that is something that's really overlooked. And it's something that I do work with my clients a lot on is because we tend to want to breeze by each accomplishment and just go on to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're going for that end result. But really it's, it's like those steps along the way. Um, if you can't acknowledge the accomplishment, then you're never going to be satisfied. And I've worked with people before that have a really hard time doing that. And they're constantly trying to just <clears throat> go to the next certification, learn more stuff. You know, it's like they're constantly needing more, more, more. It's never enough. It's never going to be enough. And to acknowledge what you've done, you know, and it's also great to look back and see what you've done, because if you can't do that, then you don't really know. Right. Write it yeah. down. <laughs> One of the exercises I used to I used to do an end of the year, start of the year, um, celebration with clients. Mm -hmm. oh, that's and one of the idea. exercises I would have them do is make a brag list. Yes. That's before. a great idea. Mm -hmm. And just There's all a... the things you did, if it was scary, did it. Yeah. Write it down. And people would be like, I didn't do anything this year. These people, this would be like a person who had a baby. I'm like, you had a baby. That's huge. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's a you really big deal. that baby. You kept it safe in your body and then you got it out of your body. Yeah. And then you kept it alive outside of your body. These are all really big deals. Really big deal. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. It's, you know, and <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great way to put it because, you know, many times we just, we don't, if we, if we don't acknowledge it or pay attention to what, that, what we did, we're really like, we didn't do anything. Well, then then I guess you didn't <laughs> if you don't remember it or, you know, acknowledge it. But um, yeah, it's a, I love the praise, that praise party. That's, that's great. You can also do that for each other. I did this really fun um, exercise. I was in the artist way group just recently. It was a 12 week group and we would have these um, weekly meetings. And one of the exercises he had us do was to have a partner in the group and then we would praise each other and receive it from each other. And that was really fun. Um, and my partner did the coolest thing. And I posted this on Instagram. She put all of my, all of my wishes. Like we were also supposed to listen, um, uh, acknowledge our wishes. And she put all on this beautifully on this chalkboard. She's an artist and it was just gorgeous and took a picture of it and sent me that. And I was just like, Oh, that's the best gift I've ever gotten. It was beautiful. And so um, even just having another person praise and acknowledge you, you, or, or just say, Hey, 
I, um, I support you in your wish to do whatever, you know, to whatever, do whatever it is. You can name something that's, that's support. That's praise. Those are things that we really need from each other because ultimately, you know, nobody knows your potential, but you. Yeah. And that, that image of, I mean, I haven't seen the actual image, but the vision in my head of seeing your wishes, somebody else creating something beautiful that symbolizes your wishes, like holy love bomb. I know like you must it's, have it's felt the best thing. so seen. I did. It, it felt really wonderful. And, you know, and I, and I'm, and again, you know, I can, I'm, I, I'm in a place where I can receive that, you know, and it's, it might be something to try and see how you, how you do receive it or how you don't receive it. You know, how do you feel about that? It's a great place to start. Um, Cause some people might not even be able to give themselves praise because they don't, feel worthy of it. They don't feel like they deserve it, you know? Um, and those are always stories to go back to and understand why you have that story because, yeah. you know, it might not be true. And you can always work <laughs> you know? on self-compassion and there's the episode that drops tomorrow. Episode 200 is a masterclass in self-compassion. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you need it. Yeah. Self-compassion study is... It. Well, yeah, we, well, and, and yeah, and a lot of the things that, well, and self-compassion, self-love, right? What is self-love? What, how do we love ourselves unconditionally? Do people even really know what that means? You know? Yeah. I think most people don't. And most people think that's being selfish and there's a whole lot of confusion around these terms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just learned, I think true. It's like, I, I always know that I knew the concept. I, yeah, that makes sense. We should love ourselves unconditionally. Well, it, it's like, it's hard to really understand that until you start implementing things like praise for yourself, talking to yourself kindly and lovingly, you know, then you can start integrating the feeling of unconditional love for yourself. But until you start practicing those things or start at least trying anyway, then it's really hard to, um, give yourself the unconditional love and unconditional love to me is honoring yourself. It's honoring your values. It's seeing yourself and other people. It's going beyond the proving and defending phase of life. Right. And starting to see how you, how you play in all of it. And, and so um, that's, I think for me, really what I've learned this past year or almost about it's over a year now, but is, you know, what is my part to play in all of this? Right. It's, and how am I going to, how am I going to do it? You know, we have the choice to do it any way we want to. And i I think many people don't realize that they do have a choice, you know? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's what I'm here to do is I'm here to help people understand themselves better. So they know, so they can develop that, that sense of awareness about, you know, what they're here to do or what they want to be doing, you know, that's a big thing too. Like many people don't know, even know what they want. So then we get influenced, you know? So, so we start with the body, right? We start with the body and understanding how that works and, um, how to navigate it better, which again is, is a mystery for many people as, has, has been demonstrated this past year as well with many things. So 
Yeah, yeah, that reminds me. I want to take you back to, so you were a gymnast or in the gymnastics world, at least for like more than 20 years. Yes. It's a big part of your life. That's a big part of your childhood. That's a big part. I imagine of your identity. Yes. I yeah. imagine you learned so much from the world of gymnastics. What did you learn from gymnastics that is still influencing who you are today? Yeah, I, I learned so much about, well, I think, yeah, gymnastics was a big teacher for me. Um, and when I was younger, I really, that's the only, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I just was like, I want to be a gymnast. That's what I want to do. I saw this lady tumbling and I said, yep, that's it. Like at the age of five or something. And so, you know, what it taught me <clears throat> was definitely discipline, commitment, what you what you can do if you do follow through with smaller steps, you know, that, that long game, right. Mm -hmm. Definitely taught me that, which I've, I've used today and I can, so, and I see a lot of that with uh, people trying things a couple of times and not working and they don't understand that you have to, it has to be um, something that you're doing, you know, as a ritual, right. Not yeah, a couple How times. many times would you try <laughs> A tumbling pass before you nailed it. Thousands of times. I mean, yeah. it's, it, I mean, and you have to also do, uh, you know, drills before that and, and smaller movements to work up to the bigger movements. So you do what I did. I did, you know, uh, have a deeper appreciation and knowledge of what it really takes to do those bigger moves. And that's a great point that you're bringing up right now that, like we see these big moves, especially on Instagram and with people doing these big things, it doesn't even have to be about, you know, a physical act. It could be about a business act or something like that. And they're, they're not really sharing the full story that these people did this in smaller steps, you know, yeah. and they were consistent with it. That was the key. If you don't have any level of consistency, it's really hard to know what's going to work and what isn't right. Mm -hmm. So that is a big, big thing that I learned with that one because, uh, you know, I don't, yeah. I mean, I think in this age of like instant information, we've got, got so many choices on what we could do, right. It's really hard to commit to one thing. Right. And it's really hard to be uncomfortable. I think. Yeah. That like too. Recognizing yeah. that every single time you're trying as you're doing those tiny movements again and again and again, they're likely scary. They're likely uncomfortable. They're hard. Uh -huh. And yet you're showing up again and again and again and again. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's very, yeah, there were times were very scary and, you know, and I, I had a lot of pain. I, I learned how to push through pain, which, you know, it doesn't serve me as much anymore as it did at that time, <laughs> but to be a gymnast, it, it is a, a necessity. And sometimes, sometimes, but, um, you know, uh, from that, I did learn to, you know, I had to re kind of learn how to, to learn to articulate my body sensations so that I could help other people with their pain. Um, because I'd been so through so many injuries and being through the injuries has actually been, a, was a gift because then I was able to unwind my own injuries and I'm still doing that with some things. Uh, and learn so much more about the body. So I almost learned from, I, I learned more from experience. So if I can go through the experience myself, I can teach someone 
much easier. So anytime I go through unwinding an old injury, um, I'm always able to help someone with that information, you know, like that I get from that, like they always come to me. I'm like, Oh, I got something for you because <laughs> I just learned this. So, um, it always works out that way. And I, and I always think of my body as my teacher in, in that way. So, you know, at first I was going to, you know, uh, certifications and, and these kinds of things, but to learn about the body and of course went through school exercise science and, and that kind of thing. But now at this point, my body is my teacher and, um, work closely with my chiropractor and my acupuncturist to, as my consultants. And we, you know, it's kind of like going to school every time I work with them. It's mm-hmm. really cool. So, yeah. yeah, I know that completely. Um, so we both, <laughs> for the human design nerds out there, we both have gate 46, which essentially means that we signed up for, I call it, we signed up for PE. We signed up to learn through our bodies. Yeah. 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 So, I'm very sure that was me. Definitely. That's me. Yeah. yeah so, all right. What has your body taught you so far? Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. It's taught me, it's taught me a lot about potential, you know, uh, it's taught me there are really no limits in some, in some respects. Like, you know, I think that we get told a lot of times our limit, what our limits are physically. And obviously we have limits physically, right. In this earth plane, because it's a three dimension, it's a, you know, we've got gravity, we've got all these things. But, um, I think that we still can, we can still can be limited by what other people think we're capable of. Right. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time. It happens with doctors. It happens with people's friends, family, telling them kind of what they, you know, uh, what they think they're capable of because they're really just projecting their own stuff onto them. And, you know, my job is to not tell you what you're capable of as much as like help you realize what you're capable of, like, you know, on your own. So I, I, I think that there's always potential within anything, right? So we, I had this woman who I worked with who had cancer and she had all these abdominal surgeries and knees, she had surgeries on both knees and just didn't think she would ever be able to do any of the stuff we are now doing. Um, you know, she couldn't really, and I was like, okay, I know where to start here with this because this, there is potential within this body to get stronger and to function better. So we're going to start there. And many people don't, they kind of try to skip over to that big, they take that big leap to the next thing. Like, well, I'm never going to be able to run again, or I'm never going to be able to do this again. And, you know, but you can, that's a possibility. You just have to take the small steps to get there, right? You have to give yourself that space and be willing to put the time and energy into what's going to get you to where you want to go. That's what you got to do. And, and, but we just tend to just skip over it. Cause we want the, we want the good stuff we want, or we've been taught like, okay, well, it's either this or that, you know, but my thing is, you know, you, you only know your potential. So if that's something you want to do, then you can do it, you know, and, and you just got to find the right person to help you get there and learn the skills, right? It's really simple. It's really practical, but rarely do we, um, a lot of times we just kind of, you know, you know we just give up on ourselves, right? Because it's, yeah, it's what funny. We've been I, told. 
I started this podcast by saying I'm not patient. And yet, as you're talking, I'm realizing that this is all about patience. And in many senses, I am very patient and have been very patient with my body and doing the baby steps and walking other people through the baby steps one step at a time. Yeah. Um, Which also gets me to the idea of patience and what it means to be patient. Well, it's, it's interesting. Patience is an interesting thing because I almost think it's a little bit at this point of us not wanting to be with ourselves. So we are constantly distracting ourselves from ourselves, right? Everything we do, busy lives, social media, you know, TV, media, whatever you name it. It's a distraction. You know, it can be a distraction, I should say. It doesn't always have to be, but um, so you have to d- d- kind of differentiate what that is for you, you know, have some discernment around what is, what are you just, are you distracting yourself from yourself? Can you be with yourself? Do you have the potential to be with yourself? Do you spend time with yourself (laughs) basically? And I, and it's a good question to ask because we don't really, I mean, that doesn't really occur to people. I don't think as much. And um, it didn't occur to me as much as uh, it has this past year, especially like I actually value time with myself and, um, and I have certain rituals that I do when I'm by myself, I get in the sauna, I do vocal toning, I meditate, I go for a walk, just me with nothing. Like I, I go for, I go for a lot of hikes out here with no, no music, no podcast, nothing, you know, for about you know, a two or three hour walk or something. And then come back and I've just got so much that's like generated so many ideas, perspectives, just kind of working those out as I'm walking. Right. So whereas if I was looking at like a show or listening to a podcast or even reading a book, I'd be picking up on someone else's perspective. Yes. But until I spend that time with myself, I don't really know what my perspective is. Right. I don't know what my values are. I don't really know what my beliefs are because I'm, being influenced by all these other outlets. Yeah. So you use the phrase being alone with ourselves. And I think there's another piece to it, which is being with ourselves and being free from other people's energy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You have to know where you stop and they begin. Yeah. And sometimes that gets really complicated. It can, but, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to, talk about this podcast that with Amy again, because I really liked this other aspect that you guys talked about, um, about, uh, no, you know, knowing about practicing intuition, right? So I, 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 what I picked up from that, and this this is what I, how I put it really is it's a practice. Your intuition is not going to just wake up one morning and I'm in, I'm so intuitive today. Mm-hmm. No, you've got to practice your intuition. You've got to practice uh, by practicing that time with yourself. What is your energy like when you're alone? What is your energy like when you come into a room? Are you setting the tone for that space and those people? Are they setting the tone for you? Are you coming in in alignment with who you are and what you believe? Or are you being influenced by what they are believing and in, in doing 
Are you coming down to where they are or not down so much, but are you coming into being kind of pulled in with their energy, you know? So it's like, you have to spend the time and it takes patience to spend time with yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like really enjoying it that time too. And getting to know yourself better. Yeah. One of the things that I include in my meditation every single morning is the wish for myself. May I remember that my energy is sacred. And, and it's, you know, I'm realizing as you're talking that over the last couple of months, that's, that's been part of my morning meditation for like five years now. Yeah. But over the last, it it like grows in importance to me on it, like, you know, a month by month basis. And I will say over the last couple of months, that's just been like, my energy is so sacred. I am going to just like, you know, honor it and protect it. And, and my time alone in my own energy is so sacred. I mean, it's really what I'm here for. Yeah. That's when, you know, you're honoring yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you deserve, you, you deserve to give yourself that gift. I mean, that's a huge thing to realize. Like, otherwise we're just giving ourselves away. One of my coaches used to call it giving your ass away, giving your ass away all the time, you know, like, but, uh, yeah, I'll give you a good example of, of that. Like I, uh, I would have all these coaches tell me, well, the, a few coaches like be like, oh, you know, our people, like let's just say people and coaches, I guess, friends would say, oh, you got to do these ayahuasca trips. You know, we got to, you got to do it sometime. Like you, you haven't lived to you, you know, you haven't, you don't really know until you do this. You don't know yourself. I was, I've always felt like that's not really for me. I'm not really a big drug person. Not that people in ayahuasca who are doing ayahuasca are drug people, but it's just like not the way I want to do it, you know? And I thought to myself, well, is it, I mean, is it something I should be doing? And I've not really ever been called to that. Um, so, um, yeah, so I never really thought that that would be like, I thought to myself, yeah, I, should I be doing that? Eh, not really, you know, and then I just never was called to ayahuasca. I just never felt that calling. Like people say, I, like, you know, they always say I'm, I was really called to it. So. I went through this, I always had this feeling that, you know, I've been to many uh, emotional coaching intensives where I've gone like in other, other states of reality, naturally, you know, um, and under hypnosis and those kinds of things. And, uh, so just recently, you know, and and so I've always had this feeling that I could just do it naturally and I need the drug to do it. And just recently I went into my friend who's a quantum healing, um, a a quantum healing technician person. I can't remember how you say it, but something like that. She's a quantum healer. And she put me through this hypnosis. And I I literally, you know, because after this, this past year, I feel like my superpowers or whatever you want to call it, my intuitive powers have really, really been getting stronger um, because I've been stepping into it more and really becoming more aware of them. And so I went into this hypnotic state really quickly and just jumped into these bodies. Like I was like in these other lifetimes, it was a past life hypnosis. Um, and 
it was pretty traumatic, like some of the lives I've had. <laughs> and I, I think next time I'll ask if I can go into some lives that were more fun. But um, <laughs> what were, but do you anyway, want to talk about what they were? Well, I don't really want to talk about okay. them because I, it, I feel like it wouldn't be appropriate um, for the show. But uh, but I'll just say that I, I was able to kind of let that energy move through me and transmute it. And then I was able to then go into the next lifetime and do the same thing. And, uh, you know, I'll just say, I'll say one of the lifetimes I was shot. The other one I was, I killed, I was, I committed suicide. And so, so I, I, you know, I felt all of that, you know, go through me. And then when I came back from it, I was like, I didn't even know really how I, I didn't, feel like I was fully myself. And so it took me some time to get grounded and really back in my body again, because I was like, whoa, I've never felt this out of my, like, not like not myself like this before, you know? And I've talked to a few people and they're like, yeah, that's what an ayahuasca trip is like. And you, you, sometimes people have a really hard time reintegrating. And so it took me, you know, I had to do some things. I had to exercise, eat some food, you know, uh, and meditate to get back into Allison again. Cause I was like, I kind of lost my little bit of my motivation too to be here somewhat. And so I realized that, you know, I can go into these states first of all, without drugs. And I don't need to listen to anybody tell me I need ayahuasca or not, you know? So this is an example of like, okay, you're, you're, you're always going to be like your higher self. If you know how to listen to that part of yourself, you're going to, that's going to be your voice of reason. Um, not everybody feels comfortable enough doing that and that's okay. But I think it, like I said earlier, it really just takes practice. Um, and most of the time, I feel like even if I look back at the past, I felt like the things that I didn't listen to, those were the things that are, were really right for me, you know? Um, and again, it, it, life is an experience, you know, if you want to go experience something and then that's what you're here to do, you know? Um, but, you know, I came back from that experience being so grateful that I'm in this life right now. And knowing more about what I'm here to do, which is really enjoy life. And, um, you know, in a way, this might sound really weird, but just let that energy just trans. The only word I can think of is to transmute the energy, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of old programs out there that people are running on. And some of us are here to let that move through us and, and transform it. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm like a, uh, you know, some kind of, a, um, I can't think of the word, but like, uh, I'm just here. I'm like an antenna, like to, to bring it through, but, um, yeah, so I really, it took me a long time to realize that I, I have an energy and a perspective that not many people have. So I need to honor that. And I think we can all, we can all do that, you know, instead of just giving our ass away and, and hopping on someone else's bus, you know, like, I, I think that, it, and it's okay. It's okay if you do that, but just remember that 
you know, we're here to explore and express our own energy, you know, our, our, our create, our expression is really who we are. And so if you can honor that, then you'll discover who you are. You, you can really connect with that. So anyway, I hope I didn't go off too much on a no, crazy I, tangent, but I, I felt, I felt like sharing that story because it was so trippy. I was like, Oh my God, I've never, that was so weird. It felt very, a little bit scary to not be able to, but I also realized that we're so much more than just what we, we are here, here do, you know, in this bodies, like we, you know, some of us have been here many times. Mm-hmm. How long ago were those lifetimes? Did you have a sense? Very long ago. Like one of them was, um, one of them was like ancient Egypt, I think, or something. And then the other one was, uh, I'm trying to think of the year. I want to say like the 1800s or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, I think, I, I don't know. It just gave me, it's like, we identify so much with our bodies and what we're, you know, in, in, in a way, like our bodies are really important, right? They're here, um, for us to experience all the feelings and all the things we're here to do. Like if we didn't have it, if we didn't have our bodies, we wouldn't have a frame of reference for that. And at the same time, if we identify with who, what we look like and, and make that who we are, then you're missing the point too. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not acknowledging your energetic parts and your expression, which that's what makes us unique. And that's why we're here for that yeah. part to be super sparkly that's and to right. own and share our unique gifts. Yes, Absolutely. I have one last question for you. Sure. Now imagine that you have access to this super magical billboard and it's a billboard where you get to write whatever you want on it and you get to put it wherever you want, but wherever you put it, everybody in the world can read it. What would it say? It would say, don't stop living. (laughs) What's that mean to you? Well, I think we can live, but not live at the same time by trying to safeguard ourselves and, and not experiencing or expressing ourselves. Right. Um, so you can, you can live a life unlived and that's a very sad life to live. (laughs) Yeah. You know, without experiencing when you can do it that way, that's fine. But you know, it's, it it is a matter of what, you know, tuning into what you really want, I think. And, and then, you know, going towards that, that desire, because like, there's nothing worse than regretful living, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm hearing don't phone it in. No, there's always time. I, 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 there's a 90 year old woman in one of my emotional coaching class intensives one, one year <laughs> still learning about herself. So it's never too late. I love that so much. <laughs> that feels like a good place to end this where, all right. So your book's not coming out for another six months, but 
where maybe sooner. I don't know. I'm just saying six months to be, but hopefully sooner, but people can, uh, if you want to know when the book comes out, you can get on my newsletter. I've been telling everybody that because that's going to be where I'm going to announce it. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'll be, I'll be posting it there too. Um, so those two, those are two of the places that are your best bet. How do we get on your newsletter list? Uh, go to my website, pureenergypdx.com, and you'll just scroll down to the bottom. I think there's also a pop-up for the newsletter and you can sign on there. And I usually, um, I have some, some initial gifts that you can, that you can access for getting your health back on track. And then I also post, uh, you know, monthly updates and, uh, as well as podcast updates and those kinds of things too. And what's the name of your podcast? Integrate yourself. Mm-hmm. And what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Pure Energy PDX. Fabulous. Thank yeah. you so much, Allison. Oh, thank you. This has been fantastic, Kelsey. I, I And you were on my show too, so that'll be coming out soon. And um, yeah, I can't wait. That was a great show. If it comes out before this, I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you want more of Allison, check out her podcast, Integrate Yourself. In fact, the latest episode is with me talking about human design. And go to her website, which is pureenergypdx.com. Of course, all of that in the show notes. Then, hey, you want to play with me? Go to kelseyabbott.com, book a human design reading, find out more about light leader amplification. If you want to raise the world, Light Leader Amplification is for you. You don't have to do it alone, silly human. You are not here to do life alone. You're certainly not here to raise the world all by yourself. Humans need humans. I will help you be your best you. Remember who you are. Shed all the stuff, all the distractions that are holding you back from being your sparkliest self so you can do your work in raising the world. Go to kelseyabbott.com slash coaching to learn about light leader amplification and kelseyabbott.com slash human design to book a human design rating. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.